Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the doctor's opinion on page XXXI. We'll be reading and commenting on the second paragraph that begins when I need a mental uplift through the willpower to resist the impulse to drink. Today's readers, and thank you for your service this January, uh, 12 Steps, LCM, 12 Traditions, Joni Y, um, readers of the text, Vanessa G, Susan SH, thank you, Tenson, for being our backup. Our newcomer reader today is Maria H. Our second hour host is Ken WH, and Kathy S. will have announcements this morning. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 21,082. That's 21082. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 21,083. That's 21083. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask LCM to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. My name is LCM from Pennsylvania, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over at food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, LCM. And I'll now ask 
Joni Y. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. <clears throat> this is Joni Y., a compulsive overeater from Connecticut, and um, here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Joni Y. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book on page XXXI, the second paragraph that begins, When I Need a Mental Uplift Through the Willpower to Resist the Impulse to Drink, and comments will be on that one paragraph. And I'll now ask Vanessa G. to please begin reading. Thank you, Lisa. This is Vanessa G., Recovered in New Mexico. When I need a mental uplift, I often think of another case brought in to me or brought in by a physician prominent in New York. The patient has made made his own diagnosis and deciding his situation hopeless, had hidden in a deserted barn determined to die. He was rescued by a searching party and in desperate condition brought to me 
Following his physical rehabilitation, he had a talk with me in which he frankly stated he thought the treatment was a waste of effort. Unless I could assure him, which no one ever had, that in the future he would have the quote-unquote willpower to resist the impulse to drink. Um, my name is Vanessa G, and I'm um, a recovered compulsive overeater. I and feel really lucky this morning to be able to read this paragraph because I love my search and rescue story. Um, it is something that, you know, when I reflect upon it, I'm just awestruck by the hand of God in my life. Um, I don't know exactly how it happened, exactly when it happened, um, the way it did. I don't, I don't know what, was, what power actually created it. Um, but I know that there is one. And, um, but I'm going to tell you the story. Um, a couple of weeks before uh, Valentine's Day, um, I was in my bed recovering. Well, I don't know if I was recovering, but I was in the midst of a COVID bout um, and eating uncontrollably. One um, piece of um, alcoholic substance after another, opening one bag after the other, just unwrapping each one um, very mechanically and um, just totally hopeless. Once again, I was in the middle of a binge and that binge had started probably long before Christmas. So it probably lasted a couple of months. And um, I felt like I was drowning, drowning from obesity more than COVID, but both at the same time where felt like I, I was dying. And um, the phone rang and it was a friend I hadn't talked to for 10 years. And um, I didn't have her phone number any longer. She lived across the country um, on the East Coast. And um, she was calling for something totally unrelated and um, asking me about something, someone in New Mexico trying to make um, contact or figure out what was going on with them. And so we talked for a few minutes, and then she asked me how I was. Now, she was a former um, OA fellow, or, or she still is an OA fellow. She's not a former one, but we used to go to meetings together. And she asked me how I was, and I told her the truth. Um, maybe the first person that I had told the truth to for a long time. And she told me, you've got to get on the telephone. You've got to call into this meeting. It's a big book study. And these people know what they're talking about. You've got to listen to them. They've got the answer. And so um, I tried calling in on a Saturday, of course, no meeting, but finally got in on Sunday. And as soon as I heard what was going on here on the line in this meeting, this big book study, I knew I was home. Um, I had recovery in another program. Um, I knew that the instructions in this book worked. And, um, and I still can't believe you know, that um, it was totally sort of right at the right time, right at the right moment, just when I had decided this was, you know, one more time and maybe the last time that um, I would just, you know, continue to overeat until I died. And um, that power reached out across the country and saved me. Anyway, um, I'm really glad I get to tell that story. I tell that story every chance I get. And um, I appreciate the opportunity to be of service this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa, for getting us started this morning. 
And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience as well. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back this morning. And who would like to share on what was read? Katie G. from Boston. Melissa Saint. Melissa Saint. Cheryl G. from North Carolina. Nancy Saint. Nancy Saint. Annette. Anybody else? Sherry W. from Ohio. Uh oh, I missed both of those. Christina J. Christina, and then there was a male voice. Tim W. from Ohio. Ken W. Thank you. Okay, let's stop there. Um, This is what I have I have Katie G., Melissa C., Elena C., Cheryl G., Nancy C., Annette, I didn't get your last initial, Christina J., and Ken W. So, Katie G., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Sorry, Lisa. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered in Boston. Grateful to be here. And um, gosh, I love this paragraph. And um, I actually think it's really kind of funny. I don't think Bill intended this, but um, talking about going into a deserted barn to die, like how many deserted barns have I gone in to die? Um, I am a natural isolator um, and I just want to go into a deserted barn and think my way into death. And, um, you know, for me, uh, my my last um, searching party um, in my deserted barn, I had had multiple doctors tell me that if they operated on me, um, I would die. I would flatline on the table um, because of being 17 pounds underweight. I was um, I was completely hopeless, which means um, pulling back from life. Uh, my whole life was about exercising and getting on the scale, and I used OA to get thinner and thinner. Um, I don't eat no matter what, no matter what I do not eat. I, I do not eat flour and sugar. That is not something I want to do. Um, I can follow a weight and measured food plan perfectly, but surrendering is almost impossible for me. Um, but I was desperate. I did want to die. I I didn't think my family needed me anymore. Um, I didn't think I mattered in OA. So, you know, and OA has been where I have spent my formative years um, of my life. And um, what is so powerful for me is I did have a searching party. I was desperate. And I did think treatment was a waste of effort because I couldn't even see myself. Like I was I was so sick, I couldn't hear myself on the line. I couldn't see myself as underweight. And it is only when I look backwards that I see the tragedy of my life and that I am profoundly grateful that I have been pulled back. Um, and that today, you know, um, a fellow always talks about how we are given proper use of the will. And I think it's really interesting that it says, I would not have the willpower to resist the impulse to drink. And I, I didn't really understand. I, so I looked it up and willpower means to restrain impulses. And where it talks about will is on page 85. When we have recovered, we go through 84 to 88 every day. And 
and it says, how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. We exercise our willpower. It is the proper use of the will. And for me, that means that the proper use of the will today is not to exercise bulimically. It's not to get on the scale. It's not to be the thinnest woman in Overeaters Anonymous. It's not to prove anything or anyone. It's God, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? God doesn't want me wasting another day in this illness. He wants me serving him and him only. And um, God willing, I, um, I will continue to do his will, which is not to starve, compulsively eat, or hurt others, but really, really to help and be one of his agents. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And Melissa C., you're up, followed by Elena C. Uh, hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service this morning, Lisa. My name is Melissa Sam, a compulsive overeater, recovered, thank God, in New York. Um, you know, I I love this paragraph because it, it mentions something that's really near and dear to my heart, that about a search and rescue mission, you know, and I, I do believe that God launches search and rescue missions for addicts just like me, and and I was the recipient of a search and rescue mission, you know. I think about where I went determined to die. You know, for me, it was this drive, this morning commute that I would be driving to work and suffering from, like, debilitating panic attacks. I would be having, like, I felt disassociated from myself. Like, I was watching this woman live this life, um, killing herself. That's sort of how I saw it. And... And as I was kind of watching myself from outside of myself, um, I had to eat an enormous amount of food. Just to, I don't know, give myself the ability to muscle through the day. And I remember feeling that desperate feeling um, where I had been warned by a doctor that I likely wasn't going to make it through my 40s. Like, serious condition, what I, you know, that's what food had been doing to me, um, and, and in my own hands, right, and I remember driving, you know, it's one of those painful memories, feeling like I was dying, and thinking, I think I'm supposed to care, and, and that, you know, and I remember crying out to God, a God that I didn't even believe in, you know, like, that's the crazy thing. I think, you know, God's love is so powerful and so profound. It, it can't help but lift me. When I think about that, that I cried out, God, help me. You know, my search and rescue mission happened for me in, a, in like a, in Lowe's, you know, in Lowe's home goods store. Like I walked there and I saw a woman I knew from Overeaters Anonymous who was serious about recovery, who was one of those that did it in a way that like, Oh, I used to avoid her, you know, but God is so good. When I think when he sends somebody to rescue you, he sends someone who's for real, you know, who really has properly armed with the facts. And out of my mouth came help me. I don't know how that happened. You know, and I think for me, you know, what has happened since is that I don't need to call on willpower anymore to resist the desire to eat compulsively. I do ask God me good use of the will for other areas of my life, but where food is concerned, willpower is no longer required because the problem has been removed. That's the power of a rescue mission, and um, that's available for anybody. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Melissa C. And Elena C., you're up, followed by Cheryl G. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elena C. Recovered in South Carolina. So um, this is the story of a hopeless alcoholic who is coming in the doors of Dr. Soforth. And, you know, the paragraph, the first sentence says that when I need a mental uplift. And so he meaning he feels a lot of joy when he watches this alcoholics recover that he cannot help. So he feels joy when when he sees people he cannot help getting better. And I just thought that's amazing. And um, the only thing that the hospital did for him was just to get him sober for a couple of days. And of course, the story is a good story. But what struck me more is just this idea that almost every person who has an addiction that I know, and it was true for me, they do believe that the willpower is the one to that we need um, in order to get better. You know, that if I just do better next time, if I just stop at one tablet of chocolate, and, you know, and it's just so easy to blame myself. So the whole idea of step one is, no, it's not my willpower. I'm very powerless over that. I'm very powerless of food. I'm powerless of my will. There's nothing in the world I can do about that. And when I feel I can do about, there's something I can do about that, then I, then I am, um, you know, then I take matter in my own hands. And it was proven over and over and over and over and had that I can't do it on my own. And so, you know, my problems today, they boil out to all single problem. I can't get my way. So anytime I I feel that there's something I can do about something that cannot be done, I take the matters in my my own uh, hands and the wire between myself and my higher power is cut. And here I go, grandiose, solving the problems of the world. And there is so much healing and so much relief in not doing it on my own and turning it over you know, in um, relaxing and waiting for things to, 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 just, to just be the way they, they meant to be, not the way I want them to, me, to be. Somebody <clears throat> asked me, what, what do you think about unanswered prayer? And, you know, in the recovery, I'm like, I'm glad God did not answer my prayer that I really wanted because God gave me much more than what I thought it was good for me. Um, and so this book is amazing and I have a wonderful life full of God's love and presence. And I know this is possible for everyone, for those who are going to follow our path, for those who are going to, those who are here and are feeling desperate in this condition, in the overwhelming, devastating condition of addiction. It is, there's Fine. hope, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Elena C. And Cheryl G., you're up, followed by Nancy C. Hi, my name is Cheryl G., um, compulsive overeater from North Carolina. 
And this paragraph just reminds me of he had made his own diagnosis, deciding his situation hopeless. The problem is that he was still in his own willpower. And the way I look at it is my willpower will not work. If I'm making all the decisions about my life, that's why I'm I'm in the situation that I'm in now because I've been using my willpower instead of God's power for my life. And so this reminds me of someone who is covered. They're still in the in, in the grips of the disease, but once going through um, the recovery process, which is the steps, um, then they get to the other side. And in my case, I'm going through the steps now with a sponsor. So my willpower can constantly change. But once I had that spiritual awakening and um, I lean towards God's power in my life, then I don't have to worry because it's no longer me making the decisions, but me following the power greater than myself, which can restore me to sanity. And then I won't have the temptation to succumb to the food. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Cheryl G. And Nancy C., you're up, followed by Annette. Hey, good morning, Lisa. Good morning, family. Nancy C., gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan, by God's grace. Great discussion today, and this is really a good paragraph for me, too. When I first started to listen to this meeting, when I would hear this search and rescue, I was like, what does that have to do with food? And so if you're new and you're hearing search and rescue, just hang on and keep showing, keep keep coming back. You know, I did a lot of self-diagnosis and could never fix my problem, right? But I made sure nobody knew that inside my diagnosis that I was messed up that anyone else ever saw that, especially where food was concerned. That's why I hid, I lied, I cheated, I did whatever I needed to do to take care of what that malady I had, that hole in my soul. But on the outside, everything was okay. And then looking at that search and rescue and looking for, um, looking for something different, I wanted that assurance, you know, give me the assurance that I'll have the willpower my willpower failed me all the time, and I didn't realize until I got on to this meeting that it was lack of power that was my problem. It wasn't my willpower. It was that I had no power in this disease. And this line, this really helping OA meeting was my search and rescue. I mean, I can go back. I love listening to everyone's story because you do see the hand of God and you do see being plucked from that cake plate into just a world beyond our wildest dreams like it's promised in this book. But the search and rescue came when I finally surrendered and I finally let go of my will. And as long as I can, on a daily basis, when in doubt, ask for God's will, it is always the right move for me. You guys demonstrate that for me today. I forget it all the time. But when I hear those search and rescue for everyone who finally got their face out of that cake plate, oh, my God, the hope in this meeting, the hope that we can all live and be happy, joyous, and free and have a design for living that really works is amazing. And I'm truly grateful for each one of you being my search and rescue and bringing me to where I am today. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Lisa. 
Thank you, Nancy C. And Annette, you're up. If you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Christina J. Um, the last initial is F, as in Frank. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I am truly grateful that my search and rescue uh, came by accident. And before I was 30, uh, my a friend of my sister's, you know, told her about OA. And I had already self-diagnosed. I was hopeless. I had been on enough diets to know uh, that I was hopeless. And I had a husband who was not kind, you know, emotionally uh, about my weight. And I was just done. <laughs> and uh, my sister said, let's go. And I said, no, not going. And she said, please, now, we could talk each other into almost anything. And she walked a couple more times, and I said, fine. I'm telling you right now, we're stopping to eat on the way home. <laughs> I mean, this is early in the day. I had already decided that not only was this meeting going to be useless, but I was, you know, going to prove my point. And what I heard because we share from the heart. I, she looked at me on the way and she said, do you still want to stop? I said, no. And back then you couldn't leave the meeting or at least for this particular meeting, you couldn't leave it without a sponsor. And they had a list of sponsors. So I got a name and a phone number. And it was that sponsor was the only person outside of my sister that made me feel like I mattered. You know, this, this, and I was also not introduced to the big book for a long time. But from right from the beginning, I felt that the connection, you know, God through my sponsor and caring about me changed everything. It, it really did change everything for years. And, um, you know, so sponsor, be having a sponsor. Because willpower out the window. There was no willpower. I'd been on enough diets to know, not a clue, no willpower at all. And, uh, and you know, I, it was just recently somebody in the program, because I've got another situation where it's not easy, you know, sick husband. And I said, I think I have a resentment to God, which is never good. And she said, do me a favor. Just write about your experience with God. Well, six pages later, I had one miracle after another of how God interacted in my life. That would have never happened if it had not been for this program. And now vision and the, the people that I'm meeting on this program, you know, on this, this call. I mean, this changes your life. And if you're on the line and you're not desperate yet, don't wait. You know, just jump in. This this pool is very warm and inviting. You know, this is a lifesaver. And so my life got saved early. Thank you. And and thank you for being here and I pass. Thank you, Annette F. And Christina J, you're up, followed by Ken W. Morning there, Christina J in North Carolina. 
this is one of my favorite stories because this guy goes to die. He's going to die. He doesn't tell anyone where he's going. He's going to go hide in a barn and die because he's desperate and he can't. He doesn't have a solution. And I've been desperate, and I've been in these rooms in relapse, and I've heard by one of our precious members, keep it green. You know, I've had many sponsees, and I've heard many stories on the line about keeping it green, uh, which means to me that I'm hearing the horror. I'm hearing the horror of relapse. I'm feeling the horror of relapse. It doesn't work for me. Putting skinny pictures on the refrigerator doesn't work for me. Uh, Making a list of diseases that I could die from if I keep eating doesn't work for me. Obviously, facing death, this guy going to the barn, doesn't work for him. What's going to work? A foundation of God. You can call it whatever you want. But if I don't run towards this solution with everything I have, nothing else, no human power. A list is a human power. You know, thinking, reading about this disease and what other diseases I can get from this is my own human power, trying to control it by saying, well, if I know the horror of the... Yeah, it doesn't work for me. Maybe it works for other people. Hearing how horrible it is to be in relapse, it didn't work for me. When I was in relapse, I heard it all the time. When I was in recovery, I heard it all the time. I went back to eating. What was weakened? What was weakened in me? I didn't have the foundation. I don't have willpower around this disease. I can only get willpower and strength from surrendering to this power within me that I call God, this beautiful love this compassion, this understanding, this acceptance of my life as it is today, right now. I can eat over anything. Yesterday I had a horrific experience with my boss again. I've been living in terror about it. I can only give that to God. I can only give that. A a, a precious friend is dying. I'm helping her a little bit with what God is giving me to share with her, which is about surrender. We die every day, right? We 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 can quicken our death, yes, with this disease, But why are you here on this line right now? You've had a search and rescue mission from something much bigger than any of us are. It's brought you to this line because there's no place else to go. There's many people that die in this disease of addiction without having any kind of inkling to get to a 12-step program. They didn't get that search and rescue mission. We have it. We have it. And you hear on the line all these people that have taken this path and recovered and have a glorious life. They're smiling, they're wearing lipstick, they're happy, they're helping others. And yet I would sit in my room in bags and boxes and I'd hear all this and I'd want it, but I couldn't stop. You know, I never got to the point where I wanted to die, thank God, but I was killing myself every day. Did it stop me? No. No, because I have an allergy of the body that will take me straight down to hell. And it can do it in a hot second. Every day I've got to stay close to God and work on this spiritual journey. It's a spiritual journey to wholeness with myself, to recovery of my precious soul, to reconnection with God. Thank you for letting me share. Love you all. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. And Ken W., please share with us. Hi, this is uh, Tim W., calling from Ohio. I've called this line before. I, I've been a part of this meeting before, but pretty sparsely over the past few years. I've been in OA for um, for about six years, but find myself in relapse. Uh, just recently, I moved to a new place and uh, didn't do my due diligence of finding a recovery community. And my life on self-will and isolating, like a man going to a barn to die, 
which considering where I live, a barn is actually a pretty good uh, image for me. Um, going to a barn to die is a very realistic image. Um, I have wanted this. When I was a young man, I used to fantasize about the day that I would be old enough that nobody would care I was fat. You know, it was, I'd be, I'd somehow, I'd, maybe I'd lose weight enough to get married, have a career that I, um, that I valued and where, where people respected me. And then, you know, as I got older and the expectations, especially for men, start dropping, I can start putting on, I can just kill myself with food. I used to fantasize about that actively as a kid. Um, I did have times of self-harm. Um, periods of, of great physical self-harm. And it's astonishing. It's awesome to be in a 12-step program, um, at least calling into one. I don't know how honestly I can say that I'm working one right now. But it's wonderful to call into this and to read the big book and to hear a story that is full of so much despair begin with whenever I need a mental uplift. I mean, like, where else can you get that? But um, I understand what it feels like to be in the barn. I understand what it feels like to want desperately to be alone and to have the world leave me alone with my disease and with my cure for it, which is food, with my solution to all of my problems, which is food. And it is a solution that no longer works because the problem is not just about the way that I sustain my body. It's how I sustain my soul and my mind. And for some reason, even though I've been through the steps several times, I have so, I'm undisciplined and perhaps I lack surrender. And at 10, 11, and 12, I'll go through one through nine like a firecracker and I'll feel great. And 10, 11, and 12 comes along and there's no more applause and there's no more accolades and no one's going, wow, good for you. And I fall out and I don't want to anymore. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Uh, I'm grateful to be able to share the, with with as much sincerity as I certainly can muster at the moment that I am a desperate person, that I am a compulsive overreader, and that I know the solution is God, and that I'm ready to have a new experience and a new relationship and to set aside even the, the preconceived notions that I think are valuable about this program that I'm ready to set it aside for, for, for a new relationship and a deeper relationship with those things. And I, I thank you all for hearing me and for keeping the light on and for keeping this meeting going and keeping me out of the barn for right now. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Ken W. And we are on page XXXI, the second paragraph that begins when I need a mental uplift and ends the willpower to resist the impulse to drink. Who else would like to share this morning? Jessica Hillary S. from B. Ohio. Jennifer Jessica, Rosa. Hillary, Susan. I heard somebody before, Russ. Devorah, at, Devorah S. Devorah. Jennifer C. Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Vasa O. Okay, there was somebody yes, before Jessica Vasa. S. from Ohio. Um, I got Jessica. I got you, Jessica. Um, this is what I have. You'll have to tell me the first initial of your last name. I have Jessica S., Hillary, Devorah S., Russ M., Jennifer C. I think I saw, missed someone before Vasa. Did I miss somebody before? Okay, let's go with that list. Hopefully we can get everybody in. Um, Jessica S., you're up, you're up, followed by Hillary. Okay. 
Yes, hi. Uh, um, I really want to get in on this paragraph. Um, I'm Jessica S., a grateful, compulsive overeater from Ohio. Um, yeah, I was that person, you know, in the deserted burdens, um, you know, before I came into the program, before I even um, really stayed in Overeaters Anonymous after um, saying, hey, you know, this program is not for me, and hearing the fact that it was the God program and the spiritual program, I, um, you know, it was like no way in the world am I going to be in a God or anything, a spiritual anything, and this program has saved my life. Um, you know, I, you know, I was like many others. You know, I had a picture of myself at uh, almost 300 pounds. I had, you know, I had researched, you know, the effects of morbid obesity. You know, I was the person that where, you know, would who would go to the theater or who would go to uh, basketball games and baseball games and, um, in school event and not be able to fit in the chair, you know, none of that worked. My doctor telling me, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to walk through his office door if I kept the way I'm eating. Or my dentist just saying that, you know, I'm not going to have any teeth because the way I'm eating completely didn't work for me. So, you know what I did? I said, you know what, screw that. And, you know, I would just go to the nearest um, fast food restaurant. And it wasn't to work either at it. I would go to the nearest fast food restaurant and I would get to eat compulsively and even worse than I had before. And I got to tell you, the only um, thing that has ever worked for me are, are in these pages. So it's by the grace of, you know, my higher power. And, you know, my higher power wasn't always, um, you know, uh, a religion deity either. I had to start small. So I say to the newcomer that, if you think that you have to be part of a religious um, organization or denomination, that's not the case. Uh, I have to uh, use the OA group as my higher power, and it's eventually evolved in, you know, nature and the universe. And, you know, I was just like, you know, I was the kind of person where if you told me a God didn't think, I was like, you know, kick my effing ass because I didn't want to hear it. And now I can actually say, that the word God is actually the my favorite word. You know, I can walk into a church and I can hear it and I can think of, you know, all the beautiful things that God created, you know, like puppies and babies, which I totally adore. And I just wanted to just um, put my two cents in on this paragraph and with that, I gracefully, gracefully pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica S. And Hillary, if you'll give me the first initial of your last name, you're up, followed by Deborah S. Thank you. Hillary B. as in boy in Southern California, recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, grateful for everyone sharing that. This meeting feeds me every morning. Um, the paragraph before this one was about Hank Parkhurst, who stayed sober for a while, was a big contributor to the big book, but did go out and drink again. This paragraph that we read today is about Fitz Mayo, who stayed sober. He died sober. And I want to die sober. I want to die with this disease and not from this disease. And um, I never considered myself a low enough bottom to really believe I was a compulsive that I was a compulsive reader that had to follow these directions. So as a result, I uh, someone is unmuted. 
I had to follow these, uh, I never thought I had to follow these instructions, but I finally was metaphorically hidden in a deserted barn knowing I was going to die. I don't know if I would say I was determined to die, but I was okay with dying. I welcomed it. It would finally, I'd have relief from this life that was so hard. And um, my searching party that I was rescued by, I think was Kim Chi's uh, Step One Powerless Workshop because I was miserable. Before I went there, I was miserable. I knew that OA could not help me. I had been in OA for decades, and I and I still, I just had gotten, ter- you know, sicker and sicker. Uh, I knew everything there was to know about OA in my own mind. I thought that, but still, it just wasn't working for me. And in that Step One Powerless Workshop, I finally conceded, I was able to finally concede to my innermost self that I was a compulsive overeater and that I, that there was a way out. These steps, this program, the program that if you asked me back then, I would have said failed me, but the program never failed me. God never failed me. I failed me. I failed me. The barn I was determined to die in was my own home, my own home. Don't don't bother me. Let me eat. Let me eat till I pass out. Don't wake me up. Put my phone on. Do not disturb. Um, eating in secret. Uh, that I hadn't I hadn't eaten in secret for decades. I started eating in secret again. I started binging again. For three years during the pandemic, I lived on sugar, salt, and fat, and I didn't care. And uh, I am so grateful that my whole life in only nine months, my whole life is turned around. Um, Time. And that's enough out of me. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Hillary B. And (laughs) Devorah S., you're up, followed by Russ M. And if you're not Devorah S., if you'll be sure to press star one to mute. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And thank you, everyone, on this meeting. It makes this possible, and all the sharing is so meaningful. And I, too, um, actually, I had a search and rescue committee my whole life. My whole life, everybody was always telling me what to do and giving me suggestions and seeking me out and telling me, you know, diagnosing for me what I needed to do. Um, to lose weight. It was all about losing the weight. Look what you're doing to yourself. You're going to be sick and scaring me. I had strangers on the street stopping me and, and, and wanting to help and giving me their input. Um, nothing brought me to anything. I listened. I was, I'm a respectful person. I listened. I nodded my head. And I went back to my barn and I ate. And I ate and I ate. And um, nothing, you know, I wasn't. I had to make my own diagnosis. Everybody was diagnosing me, but I had to come to my own, my own realization that I'm killing myself. And I really was. Um, and it came to me in the form of being in the hospital for seven weeks, um, being pregnant. And, um, and the doctor put me in the hospital because she was monitoring me because I had diabetes and high blood pressure. And I was a danger to my baby. 
my obesity was causing my baby to have stress. And they, in the end, they had to deliver this baby, you know, through a C-section, going through, they said, we, we have to go through piles of fat to get to this baby, layers of fat. And, you know, the humiliation of being there on the operating table and hearing that, it was, it was so, uh, whatever, I, I, I wanted to run away, fall away. And um, after that experience, you know, it brought to me like this, uh, this desperate healthy. I just want to, God gave me this beautiful child. And I want to be a useful parent to this child. This is not my first baby. But I knew with the other ones, I was not available because I was always in the wanted a new beginning. And I became desperate. And someone had told me about OA. And I, I, I became a member of OA. And um, I learned about the doctor's opinion and the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. And something clicked. It was like, wow, this is why I couldn't stop. This is why I couldn't start. Um, and little by little, going through the steps and, um, and recovering and being in a recovered state of mind has brought me to, to joy. I'm just so grateful every single day. I'm able to be available to others. Yesterday I had the opportunity of, of being part of some of this step. And, and you know, I never, I, that was never my dream in my life, to be able to give to others, to, to go through a fourth step with, for myself and to list all my facts. That was never something that I wanted to do. But this is what I do today, and I'm living in the solution, 10, 11, and 12, recognizing God's plan for me and thinking it. Anyway, I'm just so grateful, and thank you for being here, and I pass. Thank you, Devorah S. And Russ M., you're up, followed by Jennifer C. Good morning. Russ M., uh, recover compulsive reader outside of Philadelphia. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Um, thank you, everybody. You know, when I hear this this uh, this passage here, I, I have gratitude, I, and and and. It may not be like what you what you think. I'm grateful that I had a bottom. You know, I have friends that died of this disease that never got to the bottom. They just they died. They they killed them. And you know, last night I was listening to a, a, a video about Ric Flair, right? The Nature Boy has everything. His son was an addict. He never got a bottom. He passed away very young. The disease will kill us, right? And, you know, in my, I, I don't know when, but at some point in my life, I knew I was really sick with this, and I was just, thought I was just going to die this way, like the barn, you know, I'm going into the barn, forget it, I died, I had no hope, had no hope, and um, that, that mindset stifled me for, just stifled my whole life, I lost everything, and then, you know, it just, it's a, it's a cycle, and get, you get rolling again with the food, and and you keep destroying your life. And I look back seven years through the grace of God. I don't even know how the heck I'm where I'm at. It's a whirlwind. And the only thing I can pin it on, the only thing I really changed was the steps. Working the steps out of this big book and surrendering to God, which really I don't want to do. 
You know, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm a narcissist. I'm a manipulator. I'm a thief. I'm a liar. And if God could change me a little bit, you know, I still got a lot to work on. I've been, I've been an addict my whole life, 40, whatever it was. And, and seven years of just scratching the surface. So, you know, and y'all, y'all were my rescue party. You know, you, you came, you welcomed me with open. I didn't even know how the hell I got here. I was so disheveled and beat up. I don't even know, battered, no clue how I got involved with the 12, really. Because I wasn't listening to nobody. I just stumbled in the door. And people took me in like they knew me. And they cared for me and got me to God. Got me working the steps. Took no BS from me. They didn't put up my lying and my manipulating. It held me accountable. And I have a semblance of a, a you know, meds and meds life. You know, it's not perfect. It's not going to be uh, 100% because we're human beings. But way better than I was. And... You know, I'm grateful to God that he allowed me to get a bottom, allowed me to feel it and be able to survive that, be able to to work the steps and get closer to him. Because not everybody gets that chance. I don't know. Mate, that's just what I'm feeling. I, you know, I don't have the – I didn't write the book on it, and I don't know if it's the truth, but that's – in my heart, I see that a lot. I lost Hi. a lot of friends from this disease. So sorry about that. Thank you. Love you. Have a good day. Thank you, Russ M. And Jennifer C., you have two minutes. And Basa, I hope you'll stay around for the next hour. Good morning, Jennifer C., recovered, grateful, Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so what I love about this paragraph and where I get my uh, mental lift when I think about this paragraph is that <clears throat> this guy was rescued despite himself. He didn't make phone calls. He didn't go to enough meetings. He didn't pray. He hid himself in a barn. He decided that he was hopeless. He made his own diagnosis and he tapped out. And with that, he was rescued. That's the mental uplift. It's putting God back in the center of the show, the rescuer, the deliverer. He's at the, he's at the, he's at the center of this whole story. And that's where my mental uplift comes from. It doesn't come from thinking about what I got to do more of. Now, granted, I have to become sold on this, right? Like that's the next couple paragraphs. I have to become sold previous paragraph. He accepted the plan, right? That's my part. I accept the plan. What plan? God's power, God's love, God's way of life. I become sold on the ideas. What ideas? God's power, God's love, God's way of life. God's the rescuer. And that's my mental uplift today because the rescuing doesn't stop. I get rescued from the food. I get rescued from my character defects one day at a time. I get rescued from self-reliance. I get rescued from doing it wrong, messing up, having hopeless days, and God using all of that for my good. Somehow, some way, working it together and using it all for my good. So with that, I pass. Thank you, God, for being the center of this show. Have a great day, y'all. Thank you, Jennifer C., and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Uh, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
the share ID for today, Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 21,090. That's 21090. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Susan S.H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only until keep you until then. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for a mental uplift of a meeting. It was great. This is Susan S.H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning med- meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you 